Hi, I'm Tino Outlet, and this is... David the Pangolin. And we are... Pop Chart Reviews. Um, so this is our first episode and the first podcast either of us has ever done. I think it's pretty fair to say, right? Yeah, definitely. Never done anything like this. So, um... Today we are going for our first episode. We are going to be looking at all number one hits in 2012. Now, I wasn't really listening to pop music in 2012, but I was very aware of pop music in 2012. I mean, I think all of us pretty much know like the big songs that came out around that time, like um, Gangnam Style and Call Me Maybe and things like that. Just Things that were everywhere and have still not gone away. Right, everyone's heard of them. So, I think it's fair to say that we'll know a lot of these, we'll remember them, maybe not super fondly, but we'll definitely remember them. Like, 2012, um, that was a year when, like, from my recollection, like, everything was as um, in your face. You couldn't escape the popular media or stuff like that like i remember like even if i don't remember that many movies watching them i was at least like aware of like a billion movies that came out that year whether or not i watched them or not is a whole other thing and then music that was one of the years when like music was everywhere it was just like this big glob of sound that would get played everywhere like you step into the backyard and then suddenly you hear some next door neighbor's radio blasting whatever new song is out on the country station or you go to the mall and you'll hear some song that it whether or not it sounds good is a completely different thing but it was there it was always there and so it'll be very interesting looking at this list yeah for sure Another thing I thought was really strange was there was only 11 number one hits on this entire list. Really? Yeah, like, most of the number one hits just repeated themselves throughout the year. Well, like, it would be... I mean, that like, suits its character of 2012. Yeah, so, and another thing I noticed, so, when I was editing down the clips, there was this strange pattern I noticed throughout all of them. Whether or not the song itself was very loud, the waveforms were. Like, it would start off slow or soft, and then would suddenly get very loud waveforms. Whether or not the song itself was loud is a whole different thing. It just, like, the beat marks would always go up and down and up and down, like, almost maxing out and clipping. So, did they discover was, a little thing called bass boosting that year? Either that, or that was when um, EDM first started. Get, like, for example, that was the um, first time we had an EDM song as, like, a, like one with, like, an actual, like, quote-unquote EDM drop as a number one hit, I believe. Because most of the other ones, up until that point, while they were popular, they weren't number one hits. I mean... And then even, like, the one that was the number one hit, it's not really an EDM song. It's just a stupid dance song that has, like, a really annoying drop, but it was 
really a drop. It was like one of the first that had like a quote unquote real drop. Okay. And so in my mind this was a year that like I go through these songs and I notice that like the waveforms always have like the loud choruses next to a soft everything. This year was a very loud year. But these songs, some of them are literally the quietest thing you will ever hear. Like, for example, this was the year of um, Gautier. Gautier had the best-selling song of the entire year. And you remember Gautier, right? Like, that song is really soft. Like, it's like Billie Eilish nowadays where you have to, like, turn up the radio to hear anything. Right. I was playing that outside, just, like, doing something else. That song came on, and I literally thought my phone turned off. Well, that's very understandable because it, like, it, it, it is really soft. But then, like, even that song, like, the waveform for the chorus was, like, almost was, um... It was one of the few songs that didn't look like it was about to clip, but it was still pretty loud when it got to the chorus, and I don't get how. I don't know what to say. I'm not an expert in um, computer audio storage. Well, without further ado, let me get this audio all um, set up and everything. And here is the first number one hit of the entire year of 2012. I'm sexy and I know it. All right, yeah. Um, I'm very surprised that that song was a number one hit because, you know, I get um, Party Rock Anthem being the number one hit because, you know, that it had that big video. It had... The dance and everything and so it was extremely popular overall you know yeah party rock but anthem then, was like my life back in 2012 that's the only song i listened to that wasn't like passive other than gangnam style and so like yeah that was like a, a really big thing back in 2011 2012 but then there's this song which i don't get why it was popular because Overall, it's not that great of a song, even though it's, like, one of the greatest-selling party songs of the 2010s. Yeah. It was, uh... We're talking about Party Rock Anthem, right? No, I'm, we're talk- I'm talking about um, Sexy and I Know It. Okay, well, sorry, you switched topics and I got confused for a second. So, yeah, okay. Party Rock Anthem and Sexy and I Know It were very popular dance songs and all that, but compared to today's dance music, I'm not sure they were the greatest. <laughs> like, if I knew about today's dance music back seven, eight years ago, I wouldn't like this stuff as much. Yeah, like, for example, Party Rock Anthem is, like, is, is a dance jam. Like, I get why it was popular, but I don't get why Sexy and I Know It was popular, because it didn't have a dance besides you know just like just stupid things they did in the video but there wasn't really any reason why it should have been a number one hit because I mean it's not I mean it's not the worst thing in the world but it's also not 
you know, very good overall. It just has the, it just has them, them doing the verses and then the repeated chorus, which is just that one line played over and over while the pre-chorus loops in the background. But I just don't get why it was a number one hit. I mean, at most, it should have been, like, something that was, like, appeared on the charts for a bit and then maybe faded away. But it was a number one hit. Number one. I don't get it. I mean, today, that would not even get past 90, probably, in my opinion. Yeah, because, like, even back then, this wasn't, like, the best song like we could have just had um party rock anthem again i don't think anyone would have objected uh, objected to having part more party rock anthem because everyone loved the video everyone loved the silly little dance a little went along with it and so i don't think there would have been any objections to that song but this it's just it 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 baffles me as to why it was a number one hit Ah, like I said, don't know what to tell you. So moving on to the next song, here we go. Now, I was kind of surprised that this was a number one hit as well, because, I mean, I remember hearing it, but I don't remember it being, like, monster huge, like it was a number one hit. You took the words out of my mouth. I was literally just about to say, I don't think I heard this song until 2014 or something. I don't think I heard it at all in 2012. Like, um, yeah, that's basically the same thing with me. Like, I remember, like, this was a mall song if there ever was a mall song. Like, <laughs> this would be the kind of thing that you would hear as background music in a mall. Like, like it's very repetitive and has a very thumping stuttery beat but it doesn't quite grate on your nerves so you're willing to listen on with it a bit longer so that way you like at least give it two minutes uh, listen time before you change the station but it i can't believe it was a number one hit because i don't remember hearing it at all back then right slightly off topic when you hear a song with a thumping beat in a mall or something not recently obviously but maybe a few years back did mm -hmm. you ever like walk in time to it because i remember doing that um yeah i remember uh, just because of my ocd i would um i would always like um i'd always walk with the tiles like this is something that i still do whenever i go to like a store with like tiles or something but for some reason like since my brain just likes patterns, I create little walking patterns with the tiles. Like, for example, diagonal patterns, straight patterns and everything. And it looks like I'm walking normally, but I'm actually, like, coming up with all these complicated patterns in my head. And sometimes I do it in beat with the song that's playing. So, yeah, that is something that happens. Well, like taking our local mall, for example, JCPenney. Mm -hmm. You didn't really hear very much music in there from what I remember. So, yeah, when I was little, I would always have a certain way of walking down the tiles. And I still do it. I still do it in every store that has tiles, especially 
like JCPenney, they have the low ceiling right on the walkways at ours. Yeah. I just like that little clackety sound. <laughs> but back back to the music. Um, We got a little off topic there. Okay, yeah. Um, So, overall, the song is fine. I don't think it's anyone's favorite song. But... I don't get why it was the number one hit, because I don't remember it being that big. I don't think there's much more to say about that one. Okay, moving on to the next song. But I, set fire to the rain. I am not a fan of that one. Um, I think I kind of like it. I mean, it's the worst one, I mean, out of all of three of Adele's number one hits from around that time. I mean, it's no rolling in the deep or, um, what's the other one? I think it's based on the other one. Um, Someone Like You. Oh, I don't remember that one. Anyway. It, it's a pretty good song. I mean, it's kind of basic for an Adele tune, but it is definitely, it is, it is definitely one of the best of Adele's hits from around that time. Anyway, I don't like this one because back when it came out, I couldn't understand any lyrics. I can understand that. Now I, mean, I can, for... yeah, now I can, but I was younger then and I couldn't really. Like, for, like that's the same thing that happened to me sometimes with songs where, like, I couldn't understand, like, anything that the person was saying but then like 10 years later i'm like what was i thinking this is like the this is like really clear or i can at least understand half of what they're saying right i mean i guess it's just one of those things you learn how to decipher songs i don't know but i couldn't understand this one so i wasn't a fan of it because you know the backing of it isn't great yeah um for an adele track this one definitely has the worst instrumentation i mean it's definitely no rolling in the deep or uh, even um someone like you for that matter so i get why it was a number one hit because you know it's adele everyone loves adele right but i if if i could have chosen an adele song to get popular i may have chosen this one because you know it sticks in the brain it has that her very forceful singing and everything. Right. But I would have preferred hearing in some other song that maybe didn't get as much love as a single. Right. I see where you're coming from. Where you're coming from. Sorry. So, uh, ready to move on to the next song? Yeah, I think so. Okay, and here we go. What doesn't kill you makes you well, I think if there ever was a motivational song that got on the charts, like mainstream, it would be this one. This one was really big. Like, I remember the song being everywhere, but I couldn't tell you a single word of the verses besides the um, pre-chorus of... Um, Think you got the best of me. Think you had the last laugh. Couldn't tell you those words. I can only 
tell you what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Stand a little taller. Doesn't mean I'm lonely when I'm alone. It's just a bunch of idioms and cliches stacking up on top of each other. And, um, oh, another thing about the song that was pointed out to me was the person in the song, she is making this whole story up. She is lying the entire song because she can't keep her story straight in the verses, which I never noticed because I can't remember a single word of them, but... Really? Like, um... Let's see, let me look up um, the lyrics. Um, let's see. Stronger Kelly Clarkson. Um, I guess I need to specifically put in lyrics. Okay, while you're doing um, that, can I make a point? Okay. I like this song only because... I think the backing and all that, you know, the instrumental, mm -hmm. it's really catchy. Especially my younger self back then. Really catchy. Yeah. Um, let's see. So, um, here we go. She's saying, you know the bed feels warmer sleeping here alone. And then later on on you heard that i was starting over with someone new but told you but I told you i was moving on over you you didn't think that i'd come back i'd come back swinging you tried to break me but you didn't see that wasn't but what doesn't kill you makes you stronger so this is all happening in the same conversation theoretically where she's saying that she is alone, but she's talking to this person saying, uh, "Oh yeah, I'm a I'm with someone new. I am not alone." When she just said she was alone, and it isn't even that part because in the same thing, um, you heard that I was starting over someone new. The chorus that directly follows it still says, "Doesn't mean I'm lonely when I'm alone." So that was something very interesting that was pointed so, out to me how... what she's saying is that her new boyfriend is boring. Either that or the new boyfriend is leaving her alone a lot of the time. And she's not lonely during those points because he's boring. <laughs> Overall, this like the instrumentation is pretty fine, but it's kind of like once I like listened to the lyrics, I just can't hear it the same way again, and it overall just kind of loses its luster, let's say. Yeah, it's charm. So overall, this one doesn't really hold the most, um, the, uh, the greatest light with me. So, and also, I was kind of surprised this one was an number one hit because I remember the song being like everywhere. For years. But, like, last year. Like, two yeah, years this, ago. Yeah, like this song was inescapable for pretty much most of the decade, but 
I never knew it was a number one hit because you know it'd be you. I always thought it was like one of those songs that just got really popular and just stuck around. I don't see any reason why that wouldn't be a number one, but I did not expect it, that it would have become a number one so early in its lifetime. Yeah. In fact, if anything, it should have been a number one hit in 2013 because that's when I really remember it starting like taking off an airplay. I mean, I heard it a lot on, like, not the top 40 song stations, but, like, the, I don't know, what they call the popular music, but it's not really the most popular music. I heard it a lot on those stations, 2017, 2018, but then I don't really hear it on those anymore. I think they called those mainstream top 40 stations. Where, like, they play anything that is, like, barely hanging on in the top 40 as long as it's still in the top 40. No, I'm talking about, like, it's off the top 40, but it was popular a few years ago. I'm not, I don't know if that has a specific name, but those kind of stations. I don't, I don't think it has a specific name. I just think it's a pop station. Almost that's... like Pop Variety. Yeah, Pop Variety. That, that'd be a good description. So, uh, ready to move on to the next one? Yeah, I think so. And here we go. This one debuted at number one and stayed there for a week. Yeah, I was going to say, I've never heard this one in my life. You haven't? No, surprisingly, if that's surprising I mean, I remember it being decently big. I mean, once again, I wasn't listening to music, and this was probably just a song that got buried in my psyche, and I definitely did forget about it until I was compiling this. Well, if I heard it a couple years ago, I don't remember it. But, uh, yeah, it was a number one hit for a week. A strange thing I did notice, was this was just like some recollection from something random I was doing, but I saw the music video, like a clip of it, and it's her dressed up in a military uniform that, um, charging into battle, and then cuts to her, um, saluting in front of a really large American flag. But the song isn't patriotic. I don't know much about the song, because, like I said, I don't remember hearing it. But that definitely sounds weird, because from what I heard of it, I didn't hear anything like that. Like, I guess she's trying to um, reappropriate the lyrics to make it, This is the part of me, America! But that's not in the original song. It's supposed to be like... This is the part of me as a person that you will never take away from me. So I don't quite get where all the American charging it to war veteran stuff came from. Don't know what to tell you. My favorite words tonight. Okay, so ready to move on to the next one? Definitely. And let's go.
Okay, so I did not hear this one much back in 2012, but around 2015, I'm not sure if it spiked in popularity again, but I started hearing it a lot around then. I remember hearing it a lot, um, once again, around in that time, and, um, excuse me, also back in around 2012. For some reason, in my mind, this was always a 2011 song until I really think about it, and I was like, no, it makes more sense in 2012, because, um, right after this one is Gautier, and those songs basically complement each other because they kept swapping in between each other on chart positions. That's weird because I remember the uh, Gautier song quite a bit, but I don't remember this one until 2015-2016, so that's definitely odd. And I know people who don't remember this song either, but um, the really interesting part about this is, and this is what everyone brings up about this song, is... um. Janelle Monet. She is got a featuring credit on this, even though she's only on the song for less than ten seconds or about. And I don't get why people think that that is such a big deal, but it is a. It is something that people bring up all the time, because, I mean, yeah, she isn't very noticeable. But, but she's in the you song. You still notice her. She is in the song. So you should be credited, even if you're in the song. If you're in the song for less than a second, I don't think it counts. But pretty much anything over that, if you can pretty much tell who's singing, if you're a big fan of them, credit them. Yeah, so, I mean, she's on the song, so she should get a credit. But one of the things that is very strange is like people who like never bring up the song like suddenly will bring up the song when like for example there's a feature like a song doesn't give a featuring credit to someone who appeared for like the same amount of time in the song and like a different song and then they always bring up this song because they're like well, if, jo if Janelle Monet got a featuring credit in We Are Young, then why didn't this one get a featuring credit from blah blah blah? Which I don't get what it, it really matters. I mean, at least they credited her and she didn't have to sue for royalties or anything. Um, I, mean, I don't think anyone wants a new CNC Music Factory. <laughs> so are we ready to move on? Yeah, I think we're ready to move on. And let's uh, go. Now you're just somebody that I used to know. Okay. I loved this song for like a year straight or more. Yeah, I like I I really like it too. Um I remember I have a lot of memories associated with you and the song cuz I remember you played it a lot, you would talk about it a lot, and most of your family members played it a lot. I knew you back in 2012? I don't think I knew you back in 2012. But this was, like, no, later? Because um, I don't remember liking that song that much, like, 2015. Oh, no, um, this would have been about, uh, 
this a specific memory I have about it would have been late 2013, maybe early, mid-2014, like when we first started to get to know each other. And, um... I feel like you, a terrible um, friend for saying I knew you back then. <laughs> yes, yeah, you did know me back then. Um, like, um, let's see. I'm gonna bleep this part out, but, um... I don't really remember where my memories start with you. Well, that's okay. I mean, it really isn't that pertinent to the song, but I do remember um, one specific memory at where you um you were like uh, she was bringing up the song when she was talking about um, some country or another where it was still charting and. You were talking about, like, how much you loved the song back then. I remember that. And so, like, and, then, and thinking back to it, that would have, that this is where my memory is a bit foggy on when this happened, but it, it couldn't have been too late into 2014 because I highly doubt that in any country that song would have charted for more than two years. Because, you know, song, I mean, it became a number one hit in 2012, so, and in other countries in 2012 as well, so I highly doubt that it would still be too far into 2014. It must have been early 2014 then. Yeah, so that's why I'm thinking it's either late 2013 or early 2014, and then I remember asking you about that song because I knew it too, and I thought that it was pretty fine because, you know, I was pretty against pop music at that oh, time. Oh, yeah, you and, were against uh, pop music until, like, 2016, 2017. Yeah, that's when I first started trying to get into it. I mean, that was probably not a very good year to start to try to <laughs> get into it, but, I mean, Despacito was fine. That's one of the songs I remember liking from back then. Yeah, but I remember trying back to play on... something on, like, Roblox, and you were like, I don't know this song. Oh, um, Havana, and I really did not like Havana, because that was a song that was, like, everywhere. Once we had heard it one Halloween, and then we heard it again another Halloween, I was about sick of it. I'm glad we're still not hearing it around this Halloween. Yeah. So getting back on the topic of Goatee, I remember asking you about that song, and then you talked about how much you liked it, and all these, um memories you had associated with it and so that's the reason why I have a lot of memories associated with it because I remember all the times that you would talk about the song. Yeah, I have a lot of like road trip memories associated with this because of a certain trip to somewhere. A very mysterious location somewhere. Yeah. Okay, Rainbow on to the next one? Yeah. Let's -a go. But here's my number. This one. Okay, can I say right off the bat how much I despise this song? Like, it's like the most one of the most annoying, overplayed things I have ever heard in my life, and it's not even eight years old yet. Yeah. Um, or maybe it is already. Uh, let's see. When did it come out? Are you sure? Because if it topped eight years ago, about. 
Unless it was late 2012, because well, it's already pretty late 2020. Oh, let's see. Uh, it was apparently released in 2011. December, September um, 20th, 2011. Oh, so, so it's nine years old in a few days. So, yeah, it's a happy birthday to call me major. <laughs> but, like, ever, like, I remember the song was not only everywhere, but it is still everywhere, and yet everyone acts acts like it's like some forgotten hit, like everyone forgot that this existed or something. Well, um, I definitely didn't forget about it because there's this one Nickelodeon movie called Swindle that my brother likes because he likes the book, but anyway, they play that a lot in that movie. I don't think he likes the song, but recent uh, refresh, let's just call it that. And... And like every time I hear it out and about, and it's in a manner that is socially acceptable for me to do so, I start outright mocking the song. I will always do that, and I will continue to always do that until the song goes away. Kind of remember a certain situation with that. Yeah, I have had more than one of. That was like, for example, um, I was at a wedding last year, and like when we were cleaning up, they played that song because for some reason the DJ was still working when everyone was cleaning up. I mean, I feel bad for him having to stay that late. But um, like I when I was I was like moving chairs or moving um tables and everything, and you could hear me like openly like mock the song like um this is overrated and it's annoying like, i remember sort of you thing. telling me about that actually that's funny but supposedly she has really matured as an artist over years because like heard any other songs from her like for example like, I've always pinned her as a one-hit wonder. Exactly. But apparently, she wasn't even that in 2012. Hmm? So, do you remember um, Owl City? Owl Cities? I think so. Um, Fireflies back in um, 2009. Right. I remember with that, that With that song, everyone pinned him as a one-hit wonder. But you want to know the reason why he's not a one-hit wonder? Why? Carly Rae Jepsen did a song with him in 2012 Cold. that was a top 20 hit. It was called um, Good Good Times. I remember that one. Yeah, I like, forgot it was that like, uh, she was in that one. Yeah, like it was um, like I recognized it right away when I was first made aware that it was a hit. And I was like... Wow, I I know this song, and yet all these years I thought both of them were one-hit wonders, but it was from that Wreck-It Ralph movie. Was it? Yeah, um, the Wreck-It Ralph movie has a surprisingly robust soundtrack, even though I only remember one song from it actually playing in the movie. I don't remember that in the movie. I'm going to look it up really quick. If you don't mind. Um, it has an Owl City song, but it's When Can I See You Again. 
Hmm. Let's see. Uh... It does not. Yeah, just like I thought. It does not have it in Wreck-It Ralph. Huh. I could have sworn. Let's see. Good Times. Carly Ray Jepsen Owl City. Wikipedia. Okay, it was released as the lead single from Owl City's album, The Midsummer Station. And so, it, like, for example, I remembered a song it I never knew that, and I, I thought it was from the Wreck-It Ralph movie, but I guess maybe I was confusing it with the other Owl City song that was in that movie. Because, you know, like, the same year. Yeah. And the funny thing is, is, um, I wasn't even into, um video games when I saw the movie I just caught it on now it says TV it is once. in Wreck-It Ralph what is this really it didn't say My... that when oh, okay that okay we need to get to the bottom of this so let's see go back to the Wikipedia article scroll down okay I'm talking about is on Al City's he's um album and an EP of his um there was a lawsuit over copyright infringement. Yeah, I see that. Yeah, they don't meant. Let, let me do a search for Ralph on here. Yeah, uh, they never mentioned the word Ralph once in here, but let me look up the Wrecked Ralph soundtrack. When I did that, it didn't come up. Unless I completely missed it. I don't know. Or it was on some weird expanded version. Okay, here we go. Um, there's not a okay. Here we go. Jump to soundtrack. Um, it is not on there. I mean, the only movie are the only song on this that I remember is the "Shut Up and Drive" song. But there's like, you know, um, like I don't even remember "Celebration" but being this, on there. It's, there's like when I search "movies with good time" by Owl City. There's this giant widget snippet thing that says Wreck-It Ralph, and it li links to a YouTube video, but maybe it's edited. I'm going to click it. Yeah, it says that it... Huh. And also... Oh, wait. But comments are turned off, so we'll probably never know. And there's also one here for Hotel Transylvania. Yeah, I, rem I think I remember it being in Hotel Transylvania. That's why I was not sure about this original thing. I, that looks like an edited video, so might have to report that one. Or maybe it's just like one of those AMV things where it's like an animated music video. I clicked it. It didn't seem to be like that or anything like that. It's not... doesn't look like it's actually in the soundtrack, so I sent a this is misleading and inaccurate. Okay. But let's move well, on. Because um, we've talked about this one enough, but I think we should maybe really quickly just say this song was maybe pretty good. Um, Has catchy to, backing? To me, Call Me Maybe is like a very well-produced annoying song. Like, it it got overplayed and is still overplayed. But like, at first, it was a pretty good song. I think I saw her in my backyard. But at first, yeah, it was a pretty okay song. But now I don't I like don't... it at all. 
but like um it, like dun 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 it's it's very repetitive but it's iconic me. you could play it on the drums and people would know what it was so it was good yeah. at first when it came out so that's why i said pretty good has a catchy backing cuz it does but now yeah, i yeah it, it is it's very catchy i don't think at Okay, so to me, I think that this is a staple of 2010's popular music, and it was a popular phenomena. Wait, you know what I just remembered? What? It makes sense the song is from 2011 because it only got big because Justin Bieber said it was his favorite song. Really? Yeah, um, because... 2012 was a year when Justin Bieber was still known as respectable, a decent human being. But then a year later, you couldn't call him that at all. This was like the the 2012 was the year before he started getting all those um, troubles and everything. So that's why everyone was like, "It's his favorite song! Oh my god!" Yeah. So, ready to move on to the next one? Yeah, I think so. Okay, and let's go. Okay, so I only know this song, that I song, believe, because, and actually, some quite a few of these songs I know because around that time my mom bought a disc. And it, that was on that disc. A lot of these were on that disc. And we listened to the disc well, in the one car. Of those was it one of those, um, now that's what I call music discs? Yeah, I think it was number 43 or something. Yeah, that, that sounds about right. Um, I remember when, like, that was, like, a really popular thing back then. Um. I do kind of remember it on the radio, but I mostly remember it from that disc. I was, like, this is something that has been talked about a lot. Like, why was this... A number one hit because it replaced literally call me maybe which is one of the biggest songs of all time which itself replaced Gautier and fun for their pretty quote-unquote monstrous hits and so it like broke the trend of these big long runs with this song that was number one for I think two weeks. Maybe back then people actually got sick of songs looking at you, Circles. <laughs> well, um, like, when I think about this song, like, I have listened to this song all the way through for my own personal critical analysis, and the only... The only reaction I can conjure up listening to this is utter laughter. This song is an incoherent mess about this guy hitting on this girl. And he sucks at it so much that in one of the verses he mentions that he causes himself physical harm out of his own stupidity really yeah and um 
I, I didn't ever catch okay, that me, line. Yeah, let me um look up. Uh, let's see. Um, whistle lyrics. Okay, so here is the first verse. Look, I'm betting you like people, and I'm betting you love freak mode, and I bet you love girls that give love to girls and stroke your little ego. I bet you I'm guilty, your honor. That's how we live in my genre. Who in hell done paved the road wider? There's only one flow and one rider. I'm a damn Shane. Order more champagne. Pull a hamstring trying to put it on you. Let your lips spin back around corner. Slow it down, baby. Take a little longer. So, in one verse, he says that he is a damn shame, and he pulled a hamstring trying to impress a girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, and like, um, like, it, it, it is just the stupidest lyrics. Like, I get why this stuck in people's mind. I mean, it has that annoying whistle that will stick in your brain like a splinter. But it's just... I, I don't get why it was a number one hit. I mean, no one I know, like, talked about the song or liked the song. It, it's a terrible song. I mean, the only... I mean, the hook is terrible, but it's just like, it's what Flo Rida does. He finds a good hook and adds nothing to it. He just took him whistling for two seconds and then put it all the way up to blow out your speakers. Monstrously popular songs. This one, whistling. Panini, whistling. Um, like back then, there was this big trend of songs whistling if you remember like um Panini's not really that old no I mean like back in around 2011 there was like these um like for example booze like Jagger pumped up kicks uh and so it seemed very fitting that there was a song literally called whistle that was a number one hit but um let's see let me look up Songs from 2011 with whistling. Okay, here we go. There, here's an article from the end of 2011, how the whistle became Pop's secret weapon of 2011. And so, let's see. Moves like Jagger. Pumped up kicks. Good Life, The Lazy Song, I Wanna Go, It Girl. Those were some of the biggest hits of 2011, and they all have whistling. It was apparently appealing to people. Like, for example, um, Whistle by Flo Rida is... Right. It then, and that is literally the entire whistling. I mean, they just like 
made it super loud and added a dance beat behind it, but that's that's the only reason why you would listen to the song. You don't even need to because it sticks in your brain like a jackhammer. And so I don't have much to say on the song other than I don't get why this was a number one hit besides the whistle. And I think we'll leave it at that. Maybe we'll move on to the next one. Sure. Um, yes. Uh-huh. This was this was Taylor's first number one hit. Was it? Really? Yeah, because um her biggest hit until then, I believe, peaked at either number five or number two. And um like um let's see, it was that that stupid one from tw- 2009 what was it called um the one that sounds like the brother let's see uh belong with me struggling to remember that one uh, it, like it, i know it, it existed um, you know but i can't remember how it went let's see um you belong with me Yes, okay, there we go. Yeah, 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 I remember it now. It sounds exactly like Love Story, except Love Story was all low-key and happy and everything, while all, um, You Belong With Me is more stilted and jumpy. So... so let's see. Let's see. Charts. Um. It, uh... It, yeah, it peaked at number two on the Billboard Hot 100. So, it was her. That was her biggest charting song until we are never ever getting back together. Which, I believe, debuted at number one. Which is a very common thing nowadays, but back then that was surprisingly rare. Like, most songs usually would gradually get up to number one, like how but it's she meant debuted to be. it. I feel like yeah, it's kind of um, unnatural to be- debut number one. Yeah, like um, nowadays people are writing trends and everything, and it seems to keep working every time. That's the reason why this year we have had a billion songs that debuted at number one, most of which were duets. And were from very prominent artists, and so they debuted at number one. But in, like, 2012, that was a very rare thing. So her debuting at number one was, like, this huge thing. And this was her pop sellout back then. Now, just think about that. This was her pop sellout. Because she was the country princess. That was her thing. But then, as soon as this song came out, she was no longer the pop princess. It has that thumping beat and um, is overall more poppy. And it was even um, co-written with um, Max Martin. Uh, You know Max Martin, right? Unfortunately. Or maybe fortunately. I don't know. No. Um, he uh, made some of the 
biggest, um, it's okay, so Max Martin is this guy, he's from, I, I believe he's from a Scandinavian or, um, Fennoscandian country, and he writes these big pop, pop hooks and pop songs, and all of, all of them seem to get really popular, but whenever he, and he always tries to write lyrics to go along with them, but the thing is, is his lyrics are usually very poor, and so he tells the artist to take what he's written and expound upon it. That's the reason why, um, some Backstreet Boys songs don't make any sense, because they didn't bother changing any of his original lyrics. That's been what's been keeping me awake all night. Honestly, I don't think about songs <laughs> that old. Like, um, for example, um, he co-wrote a lot of Backstreet Boys stuff back then. Um, like, for example, everyone, or everybody, Backstreet's back, that song makes very little sense. Like, everybody, yeah, rock your body. Yeah, back streets back. All right, <laughs> like that. What what does that mean? <laughs> what does that have to do with anything else you've just said? But that's the the kind of thing he does. Is he writes big pop songs and pop lyrics, and he tells the artist, "Okay, I'm horrible at writing lyrics, so it's on you to try to fix them." <laughs> and Taylor Swift says. What are you talking about? I write all my own lyrics, though. She scrapped all of his lyrics and put her own in while keeping his music. And so that's the reason why this still has some of Taylor Swift's countryness in it. Like, for example, she was gradually going in this direction for a while at this point. I mean... I remember 22 was decently big right before this, and that was definitely very poppy. But still, that song and this song were still kind of country in a way. They were country pop. Right. And then you get to now, and you're like, what? Country? Huh? What'd you say? Like, um, and then two years later, I mean, I don't think anyone was fully expecting 1984 or not, not 19, <laughs> 1989 i was gonna say uh, <laughs> huh okay i think that would 19... be kind of a weird name yeah like uh, i i don't i don't think uh taylor swift is uh an orwellian future or anything but so her album 1989 uh, i remember i knew a very big taylor swift fan who had that album, and whenever I visited them, they would always play it, and I didn't like that. Like, I did not like the songs on it. It, it's, it was very annoying to me. It, it had, like, Shake It Off and things like that. I mean, I kind of so, like Shake like, It Off, to be honest with you. I don't. I mean, it's just... To me, it... Hmm, how do I describe it? Her reacting to the haters is probably what 
made most of them because before that point, the only thing people really bagged on Taylor Swift for was, um, oh, you date and break up with like a billion guys every day. Why do you do that? But then after that song, they were like, you make terrible music too. Because it was, like, for example, um, you remember that uh, rap verse at the near end of it? Yeah. Which just like, doesn't make rem- any sense. Like, um, hey, 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 while you've been getting down and out about the liars and the dirty, dirty cheats of the world, you could have been getting down to this sick beat. Because my ex-man brought his new girlfriend, and she's like, oh my god, baby, I'm just going to shake it to the fella over there with the hella good hair. Won't you come on over, baby, we can shake, shake, shake. You do seem to care a lot about that song. Because I hear it everywhere. It never leaves me alone. Someone help me. Um, so, the only reason I remember that is because I have very distinct memories from back then like i was at a seafood place of all place um it was my father's birthday and we wanted to get him a seafood boil Mm -hmm. and so we were at the place we were waiting for our order this was back when seafood boils were still relatively fair priced (laughs) um and uh like that was the first time I had ever heard Shake It Off and I was like, Wow, this sounds terrible. I kinda then, liked it like, back then. It then like it like cut out in the end. It's like, wow, that that seemed kind of short. And then it started in with Hey, hey, hey and it's like, Oh, there's a, another song. Well, you've been getting down and out about the liars and the dirty, dirty cheats of the world. And I was like, well, this also sounds terrible. But then, like, at the end of that, it went back in the shake it off. And I was like, oh, come on. Yeah, I always like, got confused that about work? that when I was younger, too. Because, let me just tell you, back then we did not get uh, rap-type songs in the top ten like we do now. Like, back, like, um... Like, the 90s was the decade of of rap and pop trying to be rap. And then that kind of, that was still kind of the thing in the 2000s. But then early 2010s, we were more focused on all of our dance jams and all that. Right. And, I mean, it's kind of weird to see a music genre evolve in front of you. But it's also pretty neat, because you get to see the way that things have changed and all that. Yeah. And so, overall, I think that never ever getting back together is not that bad. I mean, I can't believe that, like, nowadays, like, um, I I can't believe that that was her quote-unquote pop sellout. But... Yeah, it it was still better than things I heard from her afterwards. That was when I first started turning into the quote-unquote hater. <laughs> Until um, Folklore. Folklore actually wasn't that bad of an album. Do you think we should move I mean, on? I don't... Yeah. We've been on this one for a while. Yeah, we have. Wow. 
Yeah. Okay, uh, moving on to the next one now. Then I'll only stay with you one more night. Marooned 5. Gotta be one of my favorite songs back then, but nowadays, not so much. Hey, fun fact. Did you know that Gangnam Style was never a number one hit? No. You want to know why it wasn't? Everyone was listening to it on YouTube. Not only was everyone doing that, but this song blocked it off the number one spot because not enough people were actually buying it as a single. So this song is the reason that Gangnam Style wasn't a number one hit because 2012 was also the year before Billboard started taking into account YouTube videos. Which led to its own catastrophic conclusions, like, um, like, uh, if we ever cover 2013, which we might do next, um, we, you will, we will find that, uh, the Harlem Shake was the number one hit. Because they started taking into account okay, that YouTube videos. that does make sense. But, um, yeah, like... I personally think this song is kind of boring. Is it that fair to say? Um, yes, boring. I would agree. So, um, though this was when um, Maroon Five started turning into the vapid black hole of terrible that they are now. It was it was a very gradual thing. Because, you know, they first started off like an actual band. And then, like, people and, um, like when Moves Like Jagger was released, people said, oh no, they're selling out. Then this came out. I don't know, and, I kind of like Moves Like Jagger. Yeah, Moves Like Jagger wasn't actually that bad. I mean, I don't like Christina Aguilera's part on it, but... Overall, I don't think it's that bad of a song, especially in retrospect, knowing what we know about Maroon 5 now. <laughs> but this was the song that they, they were like, oh wow, this song got really popular. Let's try to imitate this style of music. And that continued to get them tons of popularity. Like the more muted... It, um, instrumentation in the background, um, Adam Levine doing his weird slurry falsetto and that sort of thing, which, you know, that was, that was something that was on some of their older songs as well, but it's more pronounced on this song and everything going forward. Yeah. I would agree. So I don't really have much to say on this, so want to move on to the next one? I think so. We're beautiful like diamonds in the sky. And, um, this song isn't actually that bad. Hmm. I don't think I remember this one. Yeah, the the strange thing is, is, like, this was a number one hit, and, like, I remember it, I remember hearing it, but I have never thought about it, and no one else I know seems to remember it. So it's pretty but forgettable? It... I didn't want to sound like an actual idiot, so that's why I kind of hesitated for a second, cause, but yeah, like I know most of these, so... This was, I remember this being decently, 
I remember, I mean, hearing it, but I've never thought about it for, like, eight years, and I've had no reason to, despite the fact that I heard it once on the radio two months ago, which was the first time that I have really heard it as a song, like, played in its entirety in eight years. <laughs> Can you refresh my memory who sung it again? Rihanna. Okay, I was and hoping it was that would written... help me remember, but it did not. It was written by Sia. You remember Sia, right? I think so. Um, but for some reason, whenever Sia writes for Rihanna, Rihanna does sings like she's trying to be Sia, and I don't get that. But this is one of those songs where she tries to do that. Okay. Well, since I don't remember it too much, and is that all I you have really to say, have... or no? I don't have anything to say on it. It's a pretty fine song. It wasn't that bad. I, mean, I can't remember anything else besides Beautiful like diamonds in the sky Tonight and die. And that's the whole chorus. But I don't have anything to say on it, so ready to move on to the next one? Definitely. And go. Make me feel like I've been that is the last number one hit of 2012. Um, I remember the song for one specific reason. For some reason, okay. one of my friends, because of this song, thought that Bruno Mars was from Spain. Don't ask me why. Uh, that, th that's very random. Because like, of this I, song. Yeah, the... Spain, I mean... That's... That's very random. I... Was there anything in the song that... I don't know. Mentioned Spain? I... Wow, I... I am going to be puzzled about that for the rest of today. Um, that is certainly interesting. Um, I remember the song. I've never associated it with Spain, though. Yeah, but I, remember, I didn't get um, that. I didn't know why. I do remember back around this time, um, Bruno Mars started doing his... Um, impressions of other people thing that would eventually lead to Uptown Funk, which I think we can all agree was one of the greatest songs of the 2010s. Very overplayed, but still very well done. Okay. Um, would I agree? Maybe. But it's not terrible. Let me say that. Yeah, it's not terrible. I mean... He did have other songs coming around around this point that I think would probably have fit better as number one hits. Also, um, actually, now that I think about it, those other songs may have been number one hits. Let me go check. Let's see. Hits of the 2010s. Search for Bruno Mars. Let's 
So his um, first number one hit of the 2010s was um, was um, that Nothing on You song. Then I think that one might be a way... little too old for me because I don't remember that. Yeah, um, God got nothing. She, they got nothing on you, baby. I think I actually Ooh. might have heard that one like a month ago, but before that, I never heard it. Yeah, it was a, it was a song from literally May first, twenty ten. Okay, yeah, that's pretty old. Then just the way you are on October second, twenty ten. Then grenade on. January eighth, twenty eleven. And as you know, kind of I didn't surprised. know grenade, but I did. I yeah, but... do know just the way you are. And then um, the next one would be locked out of heaven on December twenty second, twenty twelve. Would you stay there for six weeks? Wow. Really. And then it got replaced by thrift shop by Macklemore and Ryan Lewis. So. <laughs> okay. Then um. When I Was Your Man was also a number one hit, and that seems to be the last of his number one hits until Uptown Funk. So quite a stretch, then? Or at least enough of a stretch. Yeah, like, he didn't have a single number one hit in 2014. But, you know, it's kind of strange, because um, I, I think I remember hearing Uptown Funk in 2014. Maybe it wasn't... Uh, number one hit at that point but you know it seems to fit in around that time but also 2015 definitely yeah also i'm looking at 2015 like wow that these songs like they 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 lasted um like there's only one two three four five six seven eight eight number one hits in 2015 and they lasted for the following weeks. 14, 12, 1, 6, 3, 1, 6, 10. Hmm. Which... Cheerleader? What on earth is a che- Cheerleader by Omi. What? July 25th, 2015, Omi, cheerleader, six weeks. What? I... What? I... I don't know that song. I guess I'll have to listen to that later. But anyways, um, back to this song. This was the last number one hit of 2012. I think it was a pretty good closer of the year or um transitioning us into 2013 which um i don't remember 2013 being that good of a year um yeah i'm looking at 2013 songs thrift shop like thrift shop harlem shake when i was your man just give me a reason can't hold us blurred lines roar wrecking ball royals the monster those are all the number one hits of 2013. Hmm. Only a couple of those I remember. Like, um, I remember Just Give Me a Reason. <laughs> that was a song that stayed around over a long time. 
and Roar. Oh, Roar. That We'll get to Roar when we get to it, but... Yeah, <laughs> Royals, the Monster, Wrecking Ball, Lord Lines. I, I remember all these songs, but I never remember... So here's the strange thing. So, Harlem Shake, when we get to it, I don't remember ever hearing that. I remember, like, other more popular meme songs like what did the fox say so stay tuned for our 2013 episode where i get to flail around in confusion at harlem shake (laughs) can't wait for that (laughs) think we should call it yeah well thanks everyone for listening and tune in next time yeah thanks bye bye